Welcome everyone to another episode of The Creative Minds. Joining me here today is Jacqueline. So Jacqueline, can you please tell me more about who you are and what is it that you do? Sure. Um, I'm Jacqueline Strickland and I have been a licensed professional counselor since 1993 uh, and my um, psychotherapy practice has transitioned and evolved now to just mentoring and coaching for a wonderful unique niche of people that I get to work with called highly sensitive people. Um, awesome and can you tell me more about your story and how you come to learning about HSP and what does that mean and kind of more about your story. Sure. Um, perfect timing. Cause I'm, I'm just finalizing, um, the launch of my new website. My old one is quite old. So my, yeah. I'm getting a new website and I just did the about section. So I, I have been a spiritual seeker since probably as early as I can remember, yeah. uh, especially starting around at the age eight, um, just always seeking the deeper meaning of things, uh, always trying to connect with God in my own way and climbing up my mimosa tree and spending time tickling my face with the blossoms. Um, uh, I grew up in a single parent home um, and my, I had, I had the gift of unconditional love from my mother, which was, has certainly been a gift. She's been, she passed away in 93, much, much too young, but um, I was always just searching for answers about why, why this, why that. Uh, and um, unlike many highly sensitive people, I, I, I was actually praised for my deep empathy and compassion and my deep caring for, for the people, for animals, for social justice issues, for uh, the flowers that were growing, um, for never wanting to kill a, a fly or I would always catch the bees and put them outside the house. So, you know, I've always been, I was always praised for my sensitivity. Um, it wasn't until I grew up in probably about the age of uh, young adolescence, uh, 11, 12, 13, when you got the message, uh, or I got the message from the external world that um, there was something wrong with me and that I had better, um, I had better start um, being more serious about being a success in the world. And I can remember a day in particular when I was quite sad because I was probably about 11. I was quite sad because I realized that, well, I can no longer run as fast as I can because the boys don't like it when I beat them. Mm. So that was just a turning point in my life that, oh, I can't really be who I am. I was very much a tomboy. I loved climbing trees. I loved swimming in the lake nearby. Uh, and it was a really sad day when I realized that, wow, if I'm going to fit in, I can't be this way anymore. And so I kind of started adapting to what society expected of young girls. And, and um, that was sadly um, things like be pretty, be sweet, be kind, don't rock the boat, uh, don't be too smart. Um, all those, you know, I call it the girl code that um, many of us um, um, sort of unconsciously 
fell into. Uh, there was also a boy code that I certainly was have become aware of. But I grew up in Texas, so at the time that I grew up, it was there were very very subtle yet very strong um, experiences of sexism, classism, and racism. Mm -hmm. And this young ten-year-old, deeply perceptive child that I was. Uh, had experiences with all of those and that mm. was part of my seeking but why so to cut that story short i was mm. fortunate um with a with a, a major synchronicity in my life mm. it, that came when i was um 22 uh, and it was, I had the opportunity to move from Texas to San Francisco, California. Mm. And it was a major, major, major change, kind of like going through a small window into this brand new wide world that I never knew existed. Mm. I was able to go back to school part-time um, and I took my first women's studies class in January of 1973. That tells you a little bit about how old I am. <laughs> and in this class on this day, for the first time in my life, I heard the words sexism, classism, and racism. Mm. And my entire life, came into focus and on the bus ride home that day I couldn't stop the tears from flowing they just flowed and I wrote in my journal oh my god it wasn't me it wasn't me it wasn't me so all of my angst and questioning had a framework with which mm -hmm. to, to lie on um, which to, to hang my experiences on and and my deep questioning about and my social justice issues and and so that was a major turning point for me living mm -hmm. in san francisco at a beautiful time in in that city's history from 73 to 79 mm -hmm. and and i can remember standing on one of the beautiful hills in san francisco looking out again with tears in my eyes feeling like oh my gosh this is what true happiness and freedom feels like this is what true freedom to think what I think, feel what I feel, need what I need, and act the way I am called to act without any outside influences telling me that I was not appropriate or that I was this or I was that. And so it became that day in my women's studies class launched me into a major involvement with the women's movement um, at the time. Mm -hmm. And I got involved with the women's movement. I, uh, prior to that, I was involved with the civil rights movement. Uh, I witnessed a lot of change in my young life with JFK's assassination in Dallas. That's where I was living at the time. Uh, RFK's assassination, Martin Luther King's assassination, um, just a lot of upheaval in my in my young life. And moving to San Francisco for those six years was probably the best time of my life. I was able to return to school. I supported myself as a freelance legal secretary uh, because I was put into the vocational track because I wasn't, quote, college material. At least that's what I was told in my high school growing up. So anyway, it was a major change for me. And, um, and I really became, I think, I really got in touch with my true self during that time and not that not that she wasn't always there i said let me just say maybe she she was freed during that time mm -hmm. in san francisco because it's such a beautiful diverse city where diversity is just totally not only honored but expected mm -hmm. um and that was just a real uh, unusual state of mind for me after having yeah. lived in such a small oppressive world mm -hmm. beforehand 
Um, yeah. Wow. 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 I, I, I love your story so much and I can resonate in so many deep points that you mentioned there. I'm curious, like what specifically do you resonate with? I'm, maybe the girl code or, or I'm just curious. It's so many different levels. This idea of moving away on the age of, for me, it was a bit earlier. It was the age of uh, 18 or 19. And then I've been like for the six, six years as well. Like that same experience. It's like, I, it's like, I lost who I am in what society defined me to be in that yes. I, that I didn't know myself. And then I was like slowly rediscovering myself step by step. And it, it's a, it's a process of like letting go and it's like a low it's like freeing but to other people it sounds so destructive in a sense where you you're they don't understand what you're going through in a way which is yeah, yeah so i i definitely because, resonate on that yeah because some people you know that i know and that i really very much care about that still live in texas they they never seem to to have a need to leave yeah. or to or to expand beyond the persona that they uh, were comfortable with and that works mm -hmm. for them. But for yeah. me, I always felt very constricted and oppressed there. Yeah. So, um, and that was just the beginning of so many synchronicities in yeah. my life. And, and synchronicities to me are sort of spiritual messages that mm -hmm. guide me along this pathway that I have committed to follow, mm -hmm. a spiritual life that I've committed to follow. Actually, I've been a spiritual person <laughs> again, from a very young age, thanks to my mother, she was a very spiritual, um, affirming Christian woman. And she really helped, taught me a lot about um, the true meaning of mm. love and forgiveness mm. and mm. Christianity and affirming others. So that was yeah. a, a true blessing. I've, I've grown since with my own spiritual journey, but yeah. synchronicities have been a big part of it. And yeah. so through all that um i ended up meeting my husband in san francisco and since then i am now a mother of two grown sons um and they have um between them they have three children so i'm a grandmother of three darling children a girl six four and a little boy who's three but anyway um somewhere along that journey and i went back after being married and raising my family um i um Another synchronicity was led me to start. I was I was living in a small town in Colorado, um, and it was winter time. And I was I, I had, by choice I was a stay at home mother with two small children, and the winters were long, and I was just feeling really isolated and lonely and unfulfilled and mm. and conflicted because I loved my children and I loved being with them but I just needed more and I was reading a parenting magazine and at the end there was a small um ad that said do you find yourself uh feeling alone and isolated with your children and I was like duh <laughs> Yes, like, and it said, call this number to inquire about a mother center. Okay. So I called the number, and I'm trying to make this long story short, a wonderful organization, which is now um, no longer um, current, but I, I did just talk with the original founder of that. She's now 85. We just reconnected by the phone. It was so sweet. But anyway, I started a mother center. Uh, by putting up a flyer in the library, which said something, the same thing. Do you find yourself isolated, alone with your children, longing for deeper conversation? Mm -hmm. So, I, and and the first the first night, there was like tw twenty five people there, mm -hmm. and so I started this mother center. And the beauty of it was based on 
research, service, and advocacy around the needs of the primary caregiver. It wasn't about, um, let's talk about uh, child safety in your home, or let's talk mm -hmm. about going to the dentist with your child. It was about the needs of the primary caregiver, mm -hmm. the mother mainly, or whoever stayed home. And so that just became this incredible uh, organization and I had people coming up to me saying you know where did you do your graduate work and I was like I don't even have a degree and they're like well you're doing community-based social work and I was like I am and so anyway it was a wonderful experience and that um, that um, Mother Center is now the La Plata County Family Resource Center of Durango. The mission has changed tremendously from the original one which uh, I'm very pleased to say empowered I don't know over 100 women to know themselves and to um, really tune into who they are and what their needs were. And that started me going back to school at a later age to get my degree in social oh, work, yeah. women's, women's studies. I got a graduate teaching assistantship to do my graduate work in counseling. Mm -hmm. And so another synchronicity moving on down the line, I got licensed in 93 as a, as a licensed professional counselor and was doing mental health work and was coming home really drained and worried and overwhelmed about my clients and thinking, I, I don't think I can do this work. Um, I thought I was going to be so good at, I was just too overwhelmed with mm. these really, really major mental health issues. Mm. And I was thinking about getting out of the, um, the work. And then I went to San Francisco to visit one of my friends and I was waiting for a bus in San Francisco, north of San Francisco. And there was this flyer again that started out, do you find yourself, it wasn't like the mother's center, which said isolated and alone at home, but it said, do you find yourself um, needing more sleep than the average person? I was like, God, yes, yes, I do. I, I love my naps and I do need a lot of sleep. Do you find yourself deeply moved by arts and music? I was like, yeah. Yes, I do. Do you find yourself needing more downtime to process the events of your day, especially if stressful? I was like, oh, yes. Yeah. Do you find yourself deeply, um, deeply soothed by being in nature or near water? And so by this time, even now, I get goosebumps thinking about those moments of reading those questions. And I was sort of looking around this bus shelter. It was raining outside and I was cold and I was all alone. And I was thinking, who? Is, has put together all these questions that has made me mm. think about myself in a totally different way. Mm. So the questions just continue. Do you find yourself uniquely spiritual, mm. um, emotionally responsive, intense, or with a great deal of empathy? And and so then at the bottom, it was this was before the internet, by the way. The yeah. bottom was a, a little phone number, and it was Elaine Aaron's flyer that she posted up looking for research subjects for her PhD and for her first book, The Highly Sensitive Person. Mm. So again, long story short, I tore off her, her phone number, didn't call her, waited for the book to come out, got the book, saw myself on every page. And as a therapist, I thought, well, I'm going to try to do some groups for highly sensitive people. And, mm. and it's easier to do groups now because we have social media and the internet. But at the time, for a therapist to get a group together was kind of really difficult not that many people responded so i decided to put a little send in a public service announcement to my small newspaper they had this section called around town and you could only put what so i put a group for highly sensitive people when six weeks um 
call this number and I thought, oh sure, we'll see what happens. And I wasn't expecting anything. And about a week later, I got a call from the lifestyle editor and she said, you know, this is a really interesting concept and this highly sensitive person has been coming across our media wires. Could I interview you? And I was like, okay. So she was asking me all about highly sensitive people, et cetera, et cetera. And I, again, I, she, I was like, well, thanks. And she said, thank you. So the next Sunday on the lifestyle section of the newspaper was this huge full page, are you a highly sensitive person? And so my phone was ringing off the hook. I had people on my waiting list for these groups that I was doing based on my mother's center work, research, mm. service, and advocacy into the needs of the highly sensitive person. Mm. So that has become my life's work, actually. And um, I ended up uh, putting together these little booklets. That's when I had more time. I accumulated the the research which was what do we have in common what are our common themes the advocacy what are un no the the service what are our unmet needs and the advocacy what can our group do about mm -hmm. our unmet needs and it, i was going to be in san francisco so i put them together in a little packet put them in the regular snail mail to elaine aaron saying here's what i'm doing with your work i would love to have coffee with you when i'm in san francisco I went to San Francisco, she never called me, but I get home and a week later and there's this handwritten letter in the mail from her that said, so sorry I missed you. Sometimes I don't check my mail for days, sometimes weeks, but I would love to hear what you're doing. Please call me. So anyway, I called her. We talked for a long time. She wanted to know what my theoretical orientation was to working with highly sensitive people. I said, I don't have one because I don't think there's anything wrong with us. And it turns out that I did have one. It was more from a cultural diversity perspective. Uh, and we, one thing led to another about what did I think HSPs needed. And, I, yeah. and, um, and it wasn't a lecture, it wasn't a conference. And at the same time, we both just said, I don't know, I just think HSPs just need to, and we just sort of said, gather gathered together. Yeah. So that started the HSP gathering retreats. There have been 36. Uh, we've been in Germany, Sweden, United Kingdom four times, Canada, New York, San Francisco, Texas. That was amazing going back to Texas as oh. my empowered HSP self to where I got most of my wounds. Yeah. Um, North Carolina. Um, yeah. And and the 37th HSP gathering has been on hold because of COVID, but I am mm -hmm. doing the fourth smaller retreat here in Colorado in September. And um, it's just been this ongoing gift that was given to me. And before I talked to Elaine, another synchronicity was I was hiking in Rocky Mountain National Park, which is where I close to where I live. And I love to be in the outdoors and hike. And this was, you know, this was way back in probably 2000. And the people in front of me took, got off the trail and they went on, they were hiking through this meadow of wild, wildflowers. And I remember becoming just incensed because one, you're not supposed to get off the trail. Two, this meadow is, it's the home of these beautiful flowers. How dare you go and stomp them to the ground? Yeah. And this, this image came to me that it was that we HSPs are like the beautiful wildflowers. We come up every spring. We're so anxious to reach for the light and reach for the sun and show our beauty and share our love. And along comes mainstream culture, you know, not choosing to be mean, not choosing to be unkind, but just unaware using their big boot and their power to just stomp us to the ground. We say to ourselves, 
gosh, here I go again. You know, how come I'm so stuck down in here again? So this yeah. kind of image came to me that, wow, we HSPs need to build this protective barrier around ourselves so that yeah. we know how beautiful we are and we don't get crushed. And that's when the, the image of, of, of the HSP gatherings truly came to me that I was yeah. later able to sort of share with Elaine. Yeah. So, yeah, so there's my story. I'm sticking to it. And yeah. wonderful and i yeah. feel so blessed i feel so blessed yeah wow 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 that's honestly amazing like you touched base on spirituality uh, you touched base on synchronicity like honestly really I, I i genuinely love your story so much 